Hey, doing all right? Uh, welcome to uh, One Community Church. My name is uh, Chris, and I'm the uh, lead pastor here at OCC. We're so glad uh, that you are here uh, today. Thank you uh, for, for filling in um, last week, Bobby, as um, I, I was out. We've just been passing around a sickness, just the cold, common cold uh, in our family. Um, but I'm feeling much better. I can, uh, my, my vision actually was, was gone. Um, during, during this sickness. Um, and so it's coming back. I can see about 80% of you. Um, and so hopefully it's the 20% that you want cut out, you know, maybe around here for me. Um, but, uh, but hopefully uh, today will be a day that we can come together and rejoice in what God is doing um, as we enter into uh, this new year. I want to take a moment too just to, um, to make mention that we are, we are praying for our, our worship uh, director this morning, uh, Cameron, as she is, she is out um, she is out um, because she had a, a loss in her family, and uh, she, she's back in Tennessee, um, and we're praying for her as she's lost her cousin. Um, please feel free to, to, to reach out to her, um, send her a word of encouragement um, this morning, um, but we're glad for the band uh, to step in and to fill, fill up, to come up and help out and all of that, and so thank you for what the team has done uh, this morning already, um, but we're excited to be here together as we, we kick off this new series called The Keys of the kingdom. And really what this is all about for us as we enter into even this new year is clarifying what is the vision then of one community church. And we're going to talk about that over the next several weeks together, that we would understand what we are called to as a church. And we're going to look at our vision. We're going to look at then our values as well. And I'm really excited uh, that we get to unpack that together. We talk a lot about the kingdom here at One Community Church, and it's going to make sense as we look at the keys of the kingdom that are actually given to us as his disciples. It's going to be a good study, I think, for, for all of us. Uh, today is all about kingdom vision. If you didn't know, we actually have a, a vision statement. It lives on our website. Um, I, I very rarely say it on the stage because I don't think it's one of those things that, that necessarily translates uh, a well as a statement on from the stage, but it says this, we are a kingdom movement mobilizing everyday people into God's everyday mission. Now, the tagline that we use here at One Community Church for all of that is that we are together on mission. That's why we call ourselves one community, that we are together on mission. And what we mean by that, that mission is that we are a kingdom movement. That's the vision for what we're, what we're thinking about here at One Community Church. We are a kingdom movement, and we're going to talk about that today, mobilizing everyday people into God's everyday mission. And so the vision that we're talking about today and the values that we'll look, look at over the next few weeks will all be unpacked as we think about this vision that God has given here at OCC. And so today we're going to jump into uh, Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to look at a passage that may be familiar uh, to you. I know we talked about it already before at One Community Church, um, but I want to make sure that we understand what's going on in this text because it does help us frame what the vision of the kingdom is all about. So we're going to understand the kingdom and this movement a little bit more today. Uh, I'm going to invite my friend Caleb to come and read uh, Matthew 16, beginning then in verse 13. As, as he gets set up here, I just want to pray for us. We thank you, Father, uh, for this moment where we get to step into studying your word. We know that within your word is life itself. 
And so we thank you that we get to be a people that hear from you, that we listen, and that we obey. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, it will have loosened in heaven. Then he gave the disciples orders to tell no one that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to point out his, to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and be raised on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Oh no, Lord, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned and told Peter, go behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. This is the word of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Where were you when they dropped the ball just a, a few days ago? Welcome to 2023. Were you there at the ball drop, right? Have you done that before? I don't know about you, but it is definitely uh, an odd commitment to make, is it not? I mean, to be there with that many people for hours on end, trapped in a little pen, right? And then you can't even use the restroom. If you do, you got you to gotta go home. You're done, right? It's one of those things. And that's a, that's a pretty odd commitment to make. But I think it's one of those things maybe, maybe you do once, right, just to say that, that you've done it. Um, I've been there. Not this past year, but I've done it before where I showed up hours beforehand with many of my friends uh, there at the ball drop at New Year's Eve, just a few blocks away here in, in Times Square. I've done it, right? And uh, I was there for a long, long, too long of uh, a time. And it's one of those things, too, if you haven't done it, um, what you see on TV, it looks way more glamorous. Uh, than what it is actually in person. Matter of fact, you can't even get into the shots that you see on TV unless you know somebody, right? Like the closest you can get is like blocks away outside of the, the TV shot, even if you show up hours ahead of time. Uh, but I was there and uh, I, I, I got to the point to where I understood what was going to happen. The ball was going to drop and everybody was going to cheer, confetti and everything. And so I decided, you know what? After several hours, I was done. And so I left at 10 p.m. I was done. I stayed out there for like six hours, you know, going for it. And then I was just like, you know, I, my bed is a lot better than this experience uh, right here. I think I had to preach the next morning. And so I was out at 10 p.m. 
And it, it was one of those experiences that maybe once in a lifetime it happens, right? Where were you? And the ball was dropped. Maybe you were at a party, maybe hang out with friends, or maybe as I've gotten older, it seems like the best place for me to be at that time is in bed. And so that might have been uh, your uh, decision as well, right? Um, it is so, it is so uh, crazy to think that the entire world like, really does look to Times Square on New Year's Eve as the ball is dropped, right? Just a few blocks away. As we enter into this year, maybe, maybe you come up with so, so much hope and excitement and, and so much thoughts around the new year. It's a, it's a new season, a, a new time, right? A new beginning. It seems often like a, a turning point when we come to, to 2023 or a new year and when the ball is dropped. It seems like a turning point for so many of us. And hopefully there is some good within that. As we come to Matthew chapter 16, what we see here in the life of Jesus and his disciples and their ministry is a turning point. This is a moment when the vision is clarified about where they are headed. Vision is all about where you are going. It's all about a preferred future, about where you are going it may be something that you've started to obtain now, but if the vision is big enough, it's always going to be out there in the future leading you to where you are going. Vision answers the question of where. And for these disciples, they had something in mind that was quite different than what Jesus had in mind. And he had to clarify for them what the vision for their ministry, for what they were doing, what he had come for, was all about. You see, in their mind, they thought that in some way they were going to end up at some point in Rome, overtaking the Roman government or at least being freed from persecution, from the, the oppression, from the Roman government as a Jewish people. They wanted a savior, a Messiah to come to free them. That's what their vision of the preferred future looked like. But for Jesus, Rome was not the destination, was it? And Jesus here began to clarify the vision for his disciples. Before he does that, he begins to talk a little bit about their role within this vision. He wants them to understand the, what they are called to within this vision. And so Jesus, he asks some questions of his disciples who he's been ministering with. And he asks them, who do people say that I am? Well, their response is a response of things that they've heard from other people, right? Some say that you are a prophet or John the Baptist or on and on, right? But, but Jesus says, no, I want to I know who do you, who do you say that I am? Because it matters. It matters what you actually think about me. This, this matters as it pertains to the vision of what we are all about. It's not just about what other people are saying. It's about what you say. 
And so I want to encourage us as we step into this. This isn't just a, a conversation about a, a church's vision. It matters what is happening in your life. It matters what is happening in regards to your response and who you say Jesus is. This is not just a, a corporate thing, though it is. It's also a personal thing. And Jesus asked, no, who do you say that I am? Peter, of course. He's the, the bold one, the leader of the group, if you will. And he, he pipes up and he says that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, the one that has come to save, the, the Messiah, right? And, of course, Jesus, he, he praises Peter in his response and then he begins to clarify the roles that they are to have within the vision that he is about to give them. Verse 18 in chapter 16 of Matthew uh, says this, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Verse 19 goes on to say, I will give you, this is him talking to the disciples, to Peter and the rest of the boys, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Jesus says to Peter, you've got a role to play in all of this. You need to understand what the kingdom is all about, and you need to be committed to the kingdom. I love how Bobby said last week that you can't really be a part of the kingdom if you don't know the king. And then he gave us a great definition for what the kingdom is as we understand Jesus and his kingdom. And I love this idea, the redemptive rule and reign of King Jesus. To the disciples, Jesus says, I want you to be about the kingdom about my rule and my reign as the king over all. Jesus said, I am going to be the one that builds the church. Your job is to focus on the kingdom. If you think about even our, our mission statement when it's up for our church, it actually doesn't say anything about the church. It says instead, the church is a kingdom movement. We're to be committed to the, to the kingdom. Jesus is the one then that's committed to the church. And we're going to unpack that a little bit today because I think it's something that is hard to, to wrap our minds around because we are so, so much, uh, we're, we're church people. We, we do this thing well. We get it. We come on a Sunday morning, we sing the songs, we pray the prayers, we listen to the guy up there teaching. Like We do this thing pretty, pretty well. But there's something bigger that we're supposed to be about, that I think God wants us to step into this year in a very unique way. I, I'm, I saw this um, recently at a conference that some of our staff uh, went to, and I think it was helpful. Um, so I'm going to need uh, three volunteers. Oh, perfect, perfect, right here up front. You didn't even know I haven't prepped you for this at all, right? We're good. So stand right here, just, just facing the uh, congregation. All right, so this is what typically, I'm going to give you an illustration of what typically happens when you start a new church. If you didn't know, next week is our one-year anniversary. And so we've just been going at this for about a year. 
And uh, so I'm going to give you what typically happens when you start a, a brand new church. The, the church planter and family show up in a community, and the first thing they do is they plant the church. So I want you, Jake, to say, plant the church. Oh, beautiful. That's great. That was a great job. Have you done this before? That was, that was amazing. All right, so, yeah, tons of the time. So that's typically what happens when you start a new church. And what that means often when you start a new church and you launch it is like this thing right here, the Sunday morning experience, right? The worship service, the time where you come together. You put this on and you're a person that has done the thing where you have... Beautiful, beautiful. So the next thing that happens after that, after you plant a church, you get this thing kind of going, is that you gather some people and you begin to teach and to train and to pray with them and you make disciples. So, Chloe, make disciples. Oh, that's great. You guys have been working together, I see. This is, this is beautiful, beautiful. So you show up in a community, you get the service going, and you, and then you, all right, this is great. Now, the best part about, about all of this is it's not just for the people in the room, right? It's not just for the church. And so as you make disciples, what you then try to do, is you try to get those people outside of the, the walls of the church so that they are then engaging society. So, Caleb, that is you, engage society. <laughs> Wow, That's, this is the best group, I think, that has ever done this, by the way. So this is a great process. This makes sense. We'll go over just one more time so that you get it. The first thing you typically do is that you, and then you gather people, you start teaching, you start praying, you, right? And then those disciples, they get motivated, they get pumped up, and they go out into the world and they Oh, yes. Beautiful. That is a great job. Give them a hand, but stay right here because uh, I don't think that's the best way. And I don't think that's the way that Jesus actually was teaching with his disciples as they were heading into this kingdom vision. He wanted them to understand what the kingdom was all about, and he was going to be the one that does what? Builds the church. I think what he did with his disciples is he kind of started this backwards, did he not? I think the first step that he did with his disciples is that he, Caleb, yeah, they lived as people in the world, building relationships with the world, people in community that were broken, that were lost, that needed hope, that needed something, that they were disciples that engaged Society. From that, guess what they did as they engaged disciples? They made disciples. They made disciples, right? Wasn't that the great commandment that Jesus gave at the end of the book of Matthew? Go and make disciples, right? Well, guess what happens when you start to make disciples? Those disciples then begin to, Caleb? Oh, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. And when they engage society, guess what happens, Chloe? They make more disciples. Make more disciples. Look at that. This is the kingdom work right here where you and I, we step into society, into the world, and we make disciples who then engage society, who make disciples. And guess what Jesus does the whole time? He plants the church. He plants the church. That's the picture. 
That's the vision of what Jesus wanted his disciples to understand. Give them a hand. They've done a great job. Y'all are good now. Y'all are good. Yes, yes. You know, I, I hope that's helpful as we, as we think about the vision even of one community church. You know, we, we, got, we dream this thing up. Like my wife and I, he's back there with baby Macy. Um, who's seven months old. She's like moving around differently and things. We love it. She's got like all kinds of cool toys now. Um, but uh, we, we dream this up like in 2018. Uh, Jess was a part of that too. And some of you guys prayed and were a part of that. And, and, and I know Logan moved up soon after that. Like, you know, we started dreaming this up. Uh, what, four or five years ago, right? And it was crazy, but in the midst of a, a pandemic, before we had launched anything, we were still like in, in dream mode. What we began to do in the middle of a, a pandemic is that we engaged society. That's what we did. We got out in the community and we served. We started handing out the PPE stuff, food, like computers for online classes for a school in the neighborhood. And like we just got out there and we served in the, the community. And guess what happened? We started telling people about Jesus. We started telling people about what we were doing, what God was doing, what he was up to. You know what that was? We began making disciples who then came along and served with us in the community. That's crazy to think about, but before we even had a worship service or a cool logo or anything like that, we were doing the kingdom work. And all the while, Jesus, he is the one that began to plant and to build the church. This is so important, understanding where we are going. We are to be a, a kingdom movement focused on the kingdom work. I think, though, what happens is that we get off focus sometimes, and instead of making it about Jesus and his kingdom, we make it about our kingdom our agenda, our purposes. Even a church can do this. Begin to make it all about the kingdom of one community church. And it's not about our kingdom. It's about Jesus. Uh, Peter, he kind of steps into it, doesn't he? Jesus begins to paint the vision for him. And then Peter begins to rebuke Jesus. Verse 22 he rebukes him and says, oh, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. And then in verse 23, Jesus, he turned and, and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. Now, we get tripped up over that. Like he just called Peter Satan. <laughs> Hello, right? That's kind of, we don't get past that. But understand why he called him that. You're a hindrance to me because you're thinking about God, not thinking about God's concerns, but instead human concerns. You're focused on all the wrong things. And you're in lockstep with the enemy. Because Peter, you're concerned about your own agenda. You're concerned about your own life and kingdom. And not the kingdom of heaven. Jesus began to clarify the vision. 
I want to take a moment. I've got actually a handout for you today. This is crazy. I've got notes on the screen. We got like illustration up front, got a handout coming. We're like rocking on all cylinders here in 2023. This is amazing. So I'm going to get some help. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, Caleb. Perfect timing. This is great. You guys are amazing. More kingdom bucks in heaven for you guys uh, today. Um, so I want to go through some of these things just to help us help us understand a little bit more of what it looks like to have a kingdom vision framework and not get tripped up in just simply having a church vision framework. Because I think what happens is we start to put the church first and it becomes all about us and our agenda. And we start building our own kingdom, much like Peter is getting rebuked for here by Jesus. I'm not saying the church isn't important. It is. We do this thing, and it's important. But we must put the kingdom first. And so I want to share this with you. You can turn around to the, to the back side. It's got the, the cool circles on, on the back, and you can read the majority of this on, on your own. Uh, but I want to I share with you at least a few things from, from the sheet here. I've got four different circles that help us think through what a church vision framework looks like and what a kingdom vision framework looks like. And I just want to say up front that the, the church vision framework isn't bad. We just don't need to start with it. We need to be about the kingdom. And so it's helped, it's, this helps us see what starting with a kingdom vision framework looks like. Uh, the first uh, circle there, if you will, is about the gospel. And when we begin with a, a church vision framework, the gospel, the work of Jesus, can really become all about simply atonement for sin. I've just come to church to make sure that my sins are forgiven, to make sure that I'm right with the Lord so that I can get to that good afterlife. Many times when we just have a church vision framework, that's what the, the gospel simply is all about to us. And, and listen, the gospel is about that, is it not? <laughs> right? Getting our, our sins forgiven, getting to be with God for eternity, is it not for those things? Yes, it is. But what happens is if we start with just simply a, a church vision framework, then many times we don't get to the kingdom vision framework about the gospel but I guarantee you, if we start with the kingdom vision framework, it always leads to the church. The gospel of the kingdom says the kingdom is here and now. And there is an arrival of a present reality of, of the redemptive rule and reign of King Jesus. Here's what I mean by that. This world is broken that we live in. This world is is marred by, by sin, is it not? We see things that are not right. And when we show up with a kingdom vision and do the work, the gospel work of Jesus, we start to see glimpses of the kingdom in our world as it makes things right. It's about the here and now. It's not just the afterlife. It's also about what God is doing right now and wants to do right now. Now, hear me. There's, there's no way that, that we can be the ones that fix the world. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that Jesus is the one that has come 
to redeem through his gospel what is broken and not right around us and in us. We start with the kingdom. It's a bigger picture of the gospel than just simply your forgiveness of your sin. There's a, a work of redemption that's happening that we get to be in the story of as the church. Uh, moving on quickly there, um, the, the next circle is the disciple. If we start simply with just a church vision framework, it can keep us from getting to a kingdom vision framework. And in a church vision framework, we can understand disciple as simply someone who becomes a member of the church and participates in programs. Right? We do membership here, don't we? Matter of fact, you sit through like a membership class that's a couple hours long. You, the, the pastor hears your testimony. Uh, we, we then have like a church covenant that you sign. You then get affirmed by the congregation all to become a member of the church. And we do church membership. We believe it matters because we're a people that are committed to one another. We also do programs, don't we? I mean, this thing right here is a program, is it not? Like, we have it on the calendar at 11 a.m. We got coffee brewing. We got a band that's practiced. We got lights that are going. It's a program, right? We do, we start up missional community. This Wednesday night, our small group ministry, we do a program with that, right? If we have a, a church vision framework and that's, that's all we have, then it can potentially just become simply about attending programs and checking off the box of becoming a member. But it's much more than that. The kingdom is much more than that, is it not? A disciple in the kingdom is a son and daughter of God who hears and obeys. It's about following Jesus, living like Jesus, obeying Jesus with your life. Every Sunday, I, I pray probably a very similar prayer before I, I preach and I say, let us, help us to hear you so that we may listen and that we may obey. How do I, I define what it means to be a disciple? One who hears and obeys Jesus. You can see it in their lives. And so it's much more than a program. It's much more than being a member of a church. It's about a transformed life that only happens through what Jesus has done for us. And so then if we understand the kingdom vision of a disciple, the, the church vision kind of falls under that, and we get that membership has a role and, and, and programs have a role in, in us helping us hear and obey Jesus. The next thing there is society. That's the third circle there. If we have just simply a church vision framework, then what, the, what we can, our relationship to society can become simply just pulling away, being indifferent, disengaging, getting in this room or, or being around Christian people and not having anything to do with the world around us. Pulling away from society. A kingdom vision of society then is about the reconciliation of all things. And I call it these domains, these grids of society that we find ourselves in where we're wanting to see the redemptive rule and reign of Jesus take place and transform people. Like This is a whole other conversation, but there's like nine grids of society that we've kind of mapped out. Uh, one of those we already stepped into pretty well, and we're just going to keep stepping into it and want to see God's transformation take place in arts and entertainment. We, we do this thing. Uh, Caleb helps lead it uh, here at Space, open art night, right, for all artists to come and perform and, and to be heard and to be seen. It's not necessarily like a, a, a church event. We don't 
worship there. We don't pray there. I'm not speaking there. We don't, I don't think we can talk about the church when we, when we do the open art night thing, right? Because we're, we're stepping into a, a, a domain, a place in society, trying to build relationships and seeing transformation take place. It's about building places of, of hope in those areas of society. We step into those places. We've also been talking, what does it look like for us to continue to reach those, the asylum seekers and the immigrants and, and, and come around the idea of providing ESL classes and, and we've done coat drives and all kinds of things just to help out with human health and services. Like We want to step into those domains too and care for and love and provide for need. Why? Because we want to see transformation take place where people come to know Jesus. When we think about society in a kingdom framework, we are about the, the rule and reign of Jesus in society. We want to see the world changed around us because we exist as a church. It's not about pulling away. And if we start with a church framework, we'll never get to the kingdom framework of what it means to be in society. Finally there, the last circle is the church. Many times when we just have a church vision framework and you, and you start with that, it, the church can simply just become about a building, or in our case, a space, or an institution. Instead, the kingdom says the church is the called out ones, the family of God, being sought in light, being different in this world. Now, we will have a building or a space, but it's not about the space not about the building. It's about the church being on the move, engaging society and making disciples. I love the way that Jeff Christofferson says this. When we start with the church, we can miss the kingdom. But when we start with the kingdom, it always leads to the church. There's some questions there that, um, you know, we, we won't have time to, to go through these. Um, but I want to just mention a couple of these, and maybe we can look at them Wednesday night in our, our time together. But, um, you know, it, the church vision framework questions, you know, they just kind of fall short a little bit. How's my church doing? It's a fair question. As a pastor of the church, I often ask that question. Hopefully you ask that question as maybe a member or a regular attender. How's my, my church doing? I think it's a fair question, but, but really, I think a better question, kingdom vision framework, how's my city doing? I think the answer to that question of how's my city doing leads the vision of what our church is supposed to do. A church vision framework, we often think about the professionals doing ministry, the, the guy that's trained or the woman that's trained or they're the ones that are the professionals doing all the... I, I bring my friends to the church so the professionals can minister to them, right? That's a lot of our, our thoughts around the church first vision framework. But instead, what we say is in a kingdom vision that the disciples, that's you and me, all of us, we do the ministry. We do the ministry of the church. We believe that we are part of a kingdom movement where where we are everyday missionaries, people who are living as disciples. You can look through there more. It talks about, you know, even the idea of how you grow a church. 
you know, a church of a different framework says, just make your church bigger. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked around, but like we could, we have a hundred of these black chairs. <laughs> I guess we could order a few more, but where are we going to put them, <laughs> right? Um, it's not just about making the church bigger. Wow. That's about, that's about your own kingdom growing, just growing the kingdom of OCC. No, we want to multiply. We want to ask what church can be birthed out of this church to plant another church, maybe in another neighborhood here in New York City, maybe with another affinity group here in New York City. What does that look like? That's kingdom work. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next couple of weeks. What does it look like to be focused on multiplication versus addition? There's some more things that you can look at there, and I think it's helpful for us to see. But I want to be very clear about where Jesus was headed. The vision that he gave his disciples in verse 21 of chapter 16 it says this from then on Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go where not to Rome but to Jerusalem because what's gonna happen he's gonna suffer many things and then he's gonna be killed he has to go to Jerusalem. It's necessary. It's not just something that happened to Jesus. That's not how we see this. It's not something that happened to Jesus. This is crucial. This is necessary. This is a part of the vision that Jesus will go to Jerusalem because there's a cross awaiting Jesus. Not only that, it says that he's going to be raised on the third day. See, the vision is all about the redemptive rule and reign of Jesus. And not death, not sin, nothing can overcome Jesus. He overcomes death. He overcomes sin. He is raised to life. Why? Because he is king and it's about his kingdom and what he is up to see we are a church that's not about our own mission our own vision we're about jesus and his work his mission and his vision that's what the cross is all about and i know this can get very challenging to think about because if you really consider what Jesus is calling us to, he's calling us to surrender our agenda. He's calling us to surrender our lives. He's calling us to surrender our, our purposes and meaning that we want to go after, our dreams, our hopes. Is that not what he gets to with the disciples? We, we see this in, in verse 24 that Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. Is that not what Jesus is calling his disciples to? To not go to Rome, but to come to Jerusalem and to meet him at the cross. Peter, You've got it all wrong. It's not about your kingdom. 
It's not about your agenda. You need to lay that down. And you need to meet me in Jerusalem at the cross. Because the cross changes everything. And everything that you were created for, the purpose that you are looking for is found in it. Because three days later, Jesus rises again to overcome. I want to encourage you, if it's hard for you to think about letting go of your agenda for your life, you can trust that there is a king that overcomes it all so that you can have the life that you were created for. We can surrender OCC at the foot of the cross. Because we can trust in this king. I love the way that Matthew 6, 33 says it. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else will be taken care of, won't it? You know, there's a, a hack for uh, New Year's um, in Times Square um, that I want to tell you about. Um, no, it's not the hack of how to sneak in, although I must confess I've done that before. Um, you can talk to me after the service. I don't think I should be giving tips on, on how to do that from the stage. But, uh, but no, um, I, I, here's the hack that I think, I think would be helpful for you. If you're interested in like being there where the world tunes in to see it all and not have to go through the waiting hours and all that kind of stuff, show up 15 minutes after the whole thing is done. I've done it. So 15 minutes after it is done, uh, people are ready to go. <laughs> they are ready to go home and sleep, use the restroom, whatever. They get out of there, right? It's like a ghost town 15 minutes after it's done. And guess what? The lights are still going. The 2023 is still up, up there. The new year, whatever year it is. The confetti is all over the ground. You could probably pick you up a streamer if you wanted to. Pick up some goggles or glasses that someone left behind. Sanitize them. Put them on. Right? Bring your own hat if you want to. And get that Instagram picture. You standing right there where the world has just tuned in. I was here just a few minutes after it all. And you'll get as much likes as you would if you had posted that you were there during the ball drop. There's a hack to life itself. You who's looking for hope, for meaning, for purpose, for vision for your life, focus on the kingdom. Focus on the king of the kingdom and all else will be taken care of. I want to be a church. I want to be a people that is committed to the kingdom and committed to the king. We're going to talk about what that looks like over the weeks to come. Why don't you take just a posture of prayer um, as I ask some questions to again help us listen to the Holy Spirit and what he might be saying to us today. First question how are you living a life with kingdom vision? 
How are you personally? It's not just about the church's cool vision statement. But no, how are you personally living a life with kingdom vision? Just take a moment to listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks. Second question, where have you been focusing on your own kingdom, building your own kingdom? Where have you been doing that? Take a moment just to confess that. That you just had in mind your own purposes, your own agenda. Take a moment just to confess that before the Lord. Where you've been focusing on your own kingdom. And final question. What does it look like for you to meet Jesus at the cross? to surrender, to lay down your life so that you might find life in him. What does it look like for you to meet Jesus at the cross? What is he asking you to give up and to surrender, trusting him? Maybe for someone in this room, you, you have never taken that step to to get to know the king and to surrender your life before the king. I want to invite you. It's, it's simple because Jesus has done all the work. All that he asks of us is to believe in his work. I just want to invite you to call out to him and say, I believe Jesus in what you have done on the cross. I believe that you have done it for me. you paid for my sin and that you were raised on the third day so that I might have new life if that's you and you pray anything like that I would love to talk with you after the service I'll be back by the welcome flag and I'd love to just have a few minutes to talk with you if you have any questions about anything I'd love to talk with you Jesus we thank you that you are the king. We thank you for the invitation that we have been invited to be a part of your kingdom work. You've given us the, the keys of the kingdom that the things that we're doing here on earth, they matter in the heavens. They matter as it pertains to your, to your redemptive rule and reign. We thank you for this invitation that we get to be a part of it all. Father, I pray that we'd be a people that are faithful to the call that you've given us. That we'll be faithful to the vision that you've given your church. That we'd be a church that's all about your kingdom. I pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus, who is the Christ.